Welcome to the Midwestern Method Podcast. Today's episode is with Julia Dumovitz. She is an Olympic gold medalist in snowboarding, and she's also really into meditation and breath work. In fact, one of the biggest reasons why we connected is over this love of breath work. So I want to just point you to the link in the description box or in the show notes. Um, and uh, that is for the free app Remind. This is her breathwork app that actually tomorrow I am going to be leading the breathwork. So uh, it's a free breathwork app every day for one or two minutes a day. The entire world can get together to breathe together. I'm, I'm really a big fan. Uh, and I think you're going to love this interview. First, we talk a little bit about her, uh, her experience, you know, just finding out about how a person can become a gold medalist and, and her story. And then we start talking a little bit about how she's transitioned after uh, being a gold medalist into meditation, yoga, and of course, breath work. I think you're really going to like the show today. Um, so have a listen, have a look, and don't forget to go out there and be kind to one another. Midwest. My name is Jesse, and I'm here with Julia Dumovitz, gold Hi. medalist uh, <laughs> in the the sport of snowboarding. And so, people who are a fan of this channel and a fan of this podcast, uh, of course, they know how much I enjoy cold weather. And so, we're looking forward to talking about some of that. Julia, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thank you for the invite me I'm I'm excited for a talk <laughs> yeah so I, I've been looking forward to this because I and it's not every day I get to talk to a gold medalist in the Olympics and um you know you were you got the gold it was in it was in Sochi the Sochi Olympics is that right yeah yeah it was 214 at the Sochi Olympics in parallel slalom snowboard racing nice so. <laughs> and how did all this get started I know now of course um, in Austria, you have some wonderful terrain for snowboarding, but how did it all get started for you? Yeah, you know what? I, I know everyone thinks like Austria about the big mountains, but I grew up in the east part. So oh. what we have is good wine and good wineries. <laughs> so um, oh. no, no big uh, mountains there. So I had to get into the sport just um, on a holiday. And I was so inspired on my first um, riding. So I, I just told my parents, oh, I want to have this for Christmas and I want to have a snowboard. And my brother, he's just one year older. And yeah, he was with me. And then we pushed each other and started. Uh oh, oh, no. With snowboarding. And back then, snowboarding was just coming, starting to yeah, one was always skiing, and then um, the snowboarders were just, you know, they were like, oh my god, you're just sitting on the slopes, and um, yeah, so I got into snowboarding, and everyone was just pushing me, like, in a good way, um, because I was only riding with boys at that time, I was the only girl, and it really took my riding to another level um, back then, and so, yeah, I was inspired by free riding I, I got caught in deep powder for half an hour I couldn't get out of it so oh, I was in this cold but I, I was like 
the powder when you have a lot of snow and yep. I was just this little so I couldn't get out of the snow for half an hour because it was just in the snow I was stuck um but at the same time I, 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 How did yeah, that happen? I got so inspired by snow you know when you start snowboarding you usually just stay on the slopes but I was going straight into uh free riding when I on my second day or so with the boys um and then I just got stuck right because i I was not able on my second day <laughs> to really write um, nice powder turns. Um, yeah. So, how yeah, I, I started training already. Um, I was seven when I got into snowboarding and skiing before, maybe. Yeah. And with 11, I, I already did um, all the workouts in the summer with 20 hours a week. Um, because I wanted to become professional and, um, you know, in the summer you really need to work on your physical body to just get in shape. And yeah, that's what I did with, with a big dream of the Olympics. So I, I was talking about the Olympics already when, when I was seven. <laughs> so I said, okay, yeah. you know, one day I want to, I want to Olympics. <laughs> um, yeah. So everything, I, I guess it starts with big dream and, and when you get inspired and passionate about something. What and, kind yeah. of workouts this. do you need to do when, when you're uh, training to be a snowboarder? The good thing about um, snowboarding is that you can really, in everything you really enjoy because there are so many options. Um, you need to make sure that the whole core is very strong. So you do like in the, su in the summer also, you know, a lot of um, surfing or um, kiteboarding. That's what I did the last summers. Um, at the beginning, you just need to get in, in a good physical um, shape by cycling and running and all of that so that you just, you know, that you're able to, to ride on a mountain for a whole week. And um, yeah, that you can just recover uh, quicker. And for sure, like all the strength training, so we do all of that. But yeah, actually, you can have a good mix. And that's the fun part about snowboarding, because there are some sports where you just um, yeah pushed more in one direction, I guess. But in snowboarding, you can really say, OK, you know, I love surfing. I love kiteboarding. I just go there in the summer and yeah, make sure that I, I have a feeling for the board. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. But it's a lot of training, a lot of interval runs, like high intensive interval training. That's yeah. what I do a lot. Um, and yeah, I started lately again um, with high intensive interval training. And I was like, oh my God, it's like the work yeah. is so deep. And, um, yeah, it's, you need to push yourself a lot, especially as a kid, you know, all, all the other, other kids in my age, they were just going swimming on a hot summer day and i was on on, on my training uh, bike um doing biking around for two hours <laughs> so yeah you have to to feel it and to feel the dream and just i don't know it's just in, such an inspiration it was such an inspiration for me to become a professional athlete that i was just you know i could always find motivation so when you you started at the age of seven you start you continued to train the other kids were just playing and then you were out there really training you already had the olympics in mind 
yeah. you know, was this something that uh, did you did in like, for instance, and later on in, in your teenage years, did you still get to go to the school dance and, uh, you know, have a lot of the same experiences or did you have to sacrifice some of those things? Some of it, for sure. But, um, you know, I'm really good in, in knowing when it's time to party and yeah. when it's not. So <laughs> when there was time to party, I, I definitely gave it my all, right? <laughs> so I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but for sure in the summer, I mean, you're not really, you shouldn't drink alcohol that much, right? You can feel it when you go. Um, for your training and you train about 30 hours a week or 20 to 30. And then you can, can really feel when you drink just a little bit alcohol. Um, it's a little bit different during the season when you have competition and you know, when you're successful for sure, you go for a drink or yeah, if not, you go for a drink, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, um, but yeah, you have to know when it's time to party. But not. <laughs> so that's the only thing. Yeah. So it was easy for me in, when I was younger because um, for me snowboarding was so much fun. Just going to play every weekend um, was just so beautiful. And especially from the east part, I mean, we had to drive to the west for about four hours. I know in America, like driving is <laughs> for you, four hours is nothing. But um, for us in Austria, four hours is, is quite a uh, distance to go there. And yeah, that's what I had to do like every weekend to just go up to the glaciers. And we had a really amazing team. And so, yeah, everyone was just, you know, we, was just, we were just playing around and we had the, this dream of becoming Olympians from the east part of Austria because no one in the east part was actually in the national team. Oh man! Back yeah. then. So, when did you first start to really start competing on the world level? Did you go straight to the Olympics, or is this something where <laughs> you did? I mean, I assume you did other competitions first, right? Yeah. Um, so, if I'm honest, like my my whole career um, started, like, yeah, I was very talented when I was young, um, but I I had to go through travel tragedy and um, I lost my whole team in an accident in, in Austria and my brother and I we survived so that was one big decision of just we said okay first I said yeah, I, I never want to go snowboarding again but then I kind of kept going and snowboarding got me back to life I guess and also you know the start was difficult um, but same time I was super talented and I was just going for it and I didn't want to give up the dream we, we all had together. So, yeah, that's why I guess I was always like pushing a lot sometimes. I was just testing out my limits because I thought, you know, um, nothing can happen to me anymore. I don't, I don't really care. And then I had um, quite really bad injuries with ACLs and all of that. But I always came back and... At one point, I decided, okay, this is not which, which I want to, yeah, that's, that's not how I want to live life, I guess, just pushing and being successful and then having another injury again. 
Um, and then I just um, said, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm booking my flight ticket to Maui. And I was, I stopped um, studying because I started becoming a teacher in Austria. And then I was like, okay, no, maybe that's not my dream. And I just stopped and booked the ticket to Maui. And then I, I was there for three months in the summer. I changed my whole training. I got into kiting, surfing. I organized everything by myself. I didn't know anyone. And yeah, it was just um, amazing. And yeah, after that season, I, I, I won my first medal at a, a big event at the World Championships. And then a year later, the Olympics, and then another year later, second medal at the world champs so it was um always like a, a little bit of you know finding myself again in my own strength and my own beliefs and yeah with that I, I was always successful just um looking for my own footprints i guess and just not falling just blindly some other people yeah so who were yeah. <laughs> Whenever you know you have these dreams, you know it's really important to have support, right? Um, and did you have a strong support group, or were you all by yourself doing this uh, dream alone? Um, you know, you have your team. That's for sure. Like when you come in the national team, you have like your teammates. But um, yeah. We are friends, but same times we are competing against each other. So <laughs> sometimes it's it's difficult. Um, but yeah, I for me like you know I I had to feel my my team, which I lost never. They they were always with me at one point, and so I could feel their support and for sure also my family um, and my brother. I mean, he was snowboarding a lot as well and supported me a lot. And yeah, I. I mean, at one point you realize, okay, um, I'm really good enough to, that it's, yeah, that you can make it happen, right? Yeah. At the beginning, it's just a huge dream and a huge vision and somehow it's impossible or for everyone else, it's impossible. In your heart, you know it's possible, but then you're getting closer and closer and you put a lot of energy into it for years over and over again. And at one point you realize, whoa, okay. I'm close, you know, I can really make it happen. So, yeah, it's a long, I mean, being in professional sports, I, I always say, you know, when you, when you watch the Olympics, um, you can see just the last step out of 1,000 steps, I guess. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, very amazing what we shared that moment at the Olympics because um, we put all our life into this and um, you know success and failure and tears and happiness and everything that comes along the way and along the journey and then you have this one moment only the one moment in this and yeah and that's why I love the Olympics so much because um, yeah it's just this one moment of pressure, but same times it's such a relief to just be in the start gate knowing, okay, I've done everything. I'm just ready to, to go and to let go and to trust and to just be. And yeah, it's, it's the most amazing feeling, I guess, to just be in a start gate of the Olympics, knowing that you're ready 
<laughs> so now, as I recall, there is a story behind your gold medal uh, achievement. Uh, and before this, uh, before we did our podcast, uh, you and I met with our, our friend Chris and he kind yeah. of showed me the clip. But if you could just for, for this audience, if you could just describe kind of a play by play, what all was happening um, and, and what led you to the point where that you had that final run? Yeah. So um, I, I couldn't qualify for the Vancouver, Vancouver Olympics because Vancouver Olympics was just my biggest, like back then, my biggest dream, right? And then I had a concussion just before um, we were going to the Olympics. So I was not allowed to, to go. And after that, I changed everything. And I was like, okay, uh, I will only go for gold. And I, I trained a lot, like really 30 hours a week in the summer. And at one point at the world championships, it was before the Sochi Olympics. I finished second and I was so happy of going into the big final um, because it was my first medal at a big event that I, I lost my focus. Or I was just, you know, when you're happy with something, you're just, you're done. <laughs> so that's something you, you shouldn't do in the big final. And that's what I, I realized when I was uh, riding at the Sochi Olympics because I was... For me, it was clear I will only go for gold and nothing else. And when I was going into the big final, um, I could see that my friend Anke, she, she also made it in the big final, that she was super happy about medal, right? Because she, she knew, okay, I'm in the big final, so it's gold or silver. And I realized, okay, I, I will not make this mistake again. So... I just focused, only focused on, on finishing um, gold. And yeah, and then I was um, in the first run, I was behind um, quite a lot. So 75 hundredths of a second, that's, that's a lot. And then in the last final run, I just knew, okay, I can do it. And yeah, I just decided, you know, it's, it's this decision you make at the start gate that you let go. Because, you know, I can, I cannot win, like just when I, with my thinking, I cannot win the Olympics. So I decided, okay, I will just let go and trust and um, actually just focusing, but doing nothing. And yeah, it was an amazing run and I could catch up to her. And then I had a mistake. <laughs> um, but this mistake um, never kicked me out of my flow state. And so it just made me somehow not faster, but I could catch up again. And then I won it, won the competition yeah. with 12 hundredths of a second. And yeah, it was just, you know, it's, it's just this amazing feeling when you say, okay, you come to this finish line and I don't know, it's so hard to explain. And also in the first interviews, it's like you have the feeling you come to a party and everyone is drunk already and you come there and, and <laughs> didn't get anything, right? Because everyone is just like so excited because um, when you watch a competition, 
it's it's so different than competing because when you compete you're so focused all the time you're just in a different state and then you finish and then you're like whoa okay this happened but you need time to to realize and everyone else is already in this party and <laughs> freaking out and oh my god oh my god i don't know and yeah and then maybe 20 minutes later at um, doping control so you have the doping controls and there was this big room and no one was there i was just i had to wait there for one hour so only some Russian dudes with this face, super sensitive, <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I had to wait for one hour, and then I kind of realized, oh my god, I just won the Olympics, <laughs> my whole body shake. So this was maybe the most beautiful moment, I guess, um, having the time for myself to to realize this, and then I called my my parents, um, yeah. So this whole, this whole Sochi, it was just, um, yeah, <laughs> impossible to really put it into words. Um, and I also, you know, one of the things that I'm always fascinated with is a person's ability to focus. That's something that, um, of course, in, uh, in every sport you know, and the athletes that I work with and the, in a lot of the people that, um, uh, get into things like cold exposure and breath work, which is is my primary things that I'm into. Um, you know, we're we're always trying to get out of our heads. We we tend to overthink things. We have all this chatter, you know, and to really silence that that chatter is is really a hard thing to do. And one of the things I hear so often is, I just had to do it. Just like what you said, you, you know, you didn't say, well, here was my little trick or whatever. I just had to do it. Um, yeah. Were there any other things, any, um, any other things uh, that you did to be able to, to get into that mindset? Yeah. So usually when you imagine when you're making a mistake, because I made a huge mistake in the big final, but I, I trained myself before that I'm able to stay in flow state when I make a mistake. So for me, mistake, I linked mistake with focus and line. So my thinking when I have a mistake is mistake, focus, line. And when you train this many times, um, your, your body will just do it in, in a moment like that. And you have just an option what to do. And if not, usually what happens, I mean, every one of us knows, right? When you have like a mistake or you're, I don't know, you, you, at first thought maybe it's, oh, fuck, mistake, right? And then you're, oh my God, I'm so stupid or whatever. So many thoughts coming into your, into your head and, and you lose time just getting into negative thoughts. Right. And it takes time to get out of it again and to focus. And during this time, you out of flow state so it's impossible to stay in this flow state when you think oh my god such a stupid mistake right <laughs> and oh my god this is the final how can i come back or whatever so you're not allowed to do that and yeah and it helps me also now right in, in in life every time when something goes wrong i'm just okay you know i i will not go into this negative thinking because when you say okay mistake is just 
focus line or do something positive, then it helps you. Right. Yeah. Because then mistake is just everyone makes mistakes. We and all make mistakes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just how, how you deal with a mistake. And that exactly happened, for example, in, in the big final. And another thing was um, at the Olympics, you <laughs> I actually asked one athlete because it was my first Olympics. So I asked the most experienced Olympic rider in Austria. Um, he already had like five Olympics, six Olympics, whatever. He's the oldest Olympic rider in Austria. And I said, okay, if you can give me like one advice, what would it be? And he said, yeah. Oh no, okay. Julia. You know, Julia. At the Olympics, everyone tries to really give the best and, and can you Julia, real yeah. quick, real quick, stop for just for a second. Okay, could you say yeah. it? Could you say it again? Because just at that moment, whenever you were about yeah. to say it, we we lost connection for just a second. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, I really want to know what because, he said. Yeah. So yeah. what what did he say? So I asked. So he said, you know, at the Olympics, everyone is just trying to push and. Um, show the, the best, right? And he said, you know, at the Olympics, you need to give only 98% and make sure you're not, you're not trying to make something new because you only have to do what you can do. And you can be sure that everyone competing is just not in, on the highest level, like on the highest level, but in a World Cup, everyone is on a higher level maybe because at the Olympics, everyone is a little bit nervous and tries to do something special. So yeah. he said, actually, it's the easiest competition to win because everyone <laughs> tries to do something special. <laughs> and you only have to, yeah, to show what you really can do and not, and not risk too much. And yeah, and then in that competition, um, I only had my plan and I thought, okay, I will just focus every, every gate. And I only pushed my limits the last five gates of the big final. But other than that, I was just very focused on just doing what I'm, I can do. And that was a really good advice, <laughs> I have to say. Because usually, like, okay, especially me, I, I just love to, to go um, to push my limits. And then I'm like, okay, now I crash. <laughs> but no, it is not uh, the place to, to test something new. And, yeah, it helped me a lot. So that's what I, I did. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine just how that must feel to be on the Olympic stage and you know the nerves and uh seeing everybody else <laughs> all over the world so having having a older wiser voice to give you some advice that was you know i'm sure just really helpful um and yeah just you already know how to do what you can do um and just do it so that's and and hey it paid off right but you, yeah. got to, you got to go yeah it was also, you know, there were two competitions and the first one I, 
I was out in the first qualifier. So this was a really, this was two days before I won the Olympics. So it was, I had all the emotions in, in this oh short period of time. Um, you know, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't show, but I, I trained for my whole life. And two days later, I, I won. So it was this crazy roller coaster of all the emotions, which is possible. Um, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And what I realized, I mean, it's always about the journey. It's never about the metal, right? Um, yeah. It's beautiful. You can win it, but the journey towards the Olympics is, yeah, is the real gold, I guess. And so, and so you won the gold, and uh, after that, I mean, that's such a big moment in a person's life. Um, what have you been doing? since you won the gold? Um, I still competed um, until the Olympics in Pyeongchang. And yeah, it was a, you know, it was a little bit of a, okay, what's my next goal now? Because um, for me, it's always, as I said, it's more about the journey. And when you have already a gold medal at home, you're like, okay, what's next? What's next? And I gave myself time. And in this time, it was almost two years to really figure out <laughs> that I, I want to continue snowboarding. Um, and I remember it was before the World Championships 2015 that I was like, oh my God, Julia, focus, right? It's the World Championship. It's in your home country. You just have to focus. And then I, yeah. I was happy that 10 days before the world championship, I got back into this, you know, real focus and say, okay, I will do it. But it took me more energy. And then um, after the, or in Pyeongchang, I just stopped during a live interview. And this was um, also an amazing moment when I look back because, you know, things were just not aligned anymore at one point. I was super, super aligned with myself in Sochi. And then, yeah, I, I lost myself a little bit in, in goal setting as well. And I, I didn't feel so aligned anymore. And then I just um, stopped. And I didn't even know before the interview that I'm going to stop. And I was like, oh, this <laughs> happened. <laughs> so that's <laughs> not... And, at that moment, I, I promised myself that I, I just want to go with heart and intuition and just being brave enough to, to follow whatever comes next. And I had no idea what comes next because in my life, I never had a plan B, never. And everyone said, you know, for sure, you have something else uh, already lined up. And I was like, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> and then I just um, followed hardened intuition uh, the last two years. Um, and I gave my body time to heal because my knee was, was injured at that moment. And I, I couldn't even realize back then how, how tough it was to go over the pain like daily, just, just mentally, just saying, okay, you know, I have pain, but I just can go, you know, you can still focus and be successful. That's what I did. Yeah. And 
same time, I promised my body that I will just go to the Olympics, but I will give myself time to recover. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't thought that the recovery time is like, okay, I stopped snowboarding. <laughs> that was Long time, not yeah. my <laughs> but it happened that way. And um, yeah, it was really beautiful. Like the last two years, I just, it just uh, was on a journey to heal myself. And then I got into, yeah, deeper meditations. And I already um, did a lot of yoga um, when I won the Olympics. So I started with yoga already 11 years ago on Maui. And yeah, then I traveled to Alaska for snowboarding, um, which was always like a dream of mine. And I was going to Maui. And at one point I realized, okay, I need surgery and I cannot go with my knee, how it is like. <laughs> All right, so um, I had a knee surgery, I had an ankle surgery and I gave myself just time to heal. So I, I learned how, how to just relax on the beach and it's just okay. You don't have to go surfing or <laughs> kiteboarding. You can just sit and meditate. Yeah. And it's still a an adventure right so it took time for me to really get deeper and deeper into meditation but um yeah it happened the body was just my my biggest teacher always and yeah this was the journey somehow the last two years and yeah so many amazing things happen when you just um let go and sometimes it's i was very afraid um as well and then every time when i got this feeling of fear, I told myself, okay, I will just now, when I feel fear, I will just make two steps forward, but no step back. And, you know, sometimes when you travel alone, because I was just, I decided, okay, I feel like I need to go to New York. Okay, so I booked a ticket to New York, but I had no idea what I'm going to do in New York. What's New York? <laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah, and then I met some people and it was all amazing and it got me to on another journey. And but sometimes I was like, oh my god, I have no home somehow anymore, right? I was just traveling, and um, same time, you have like all the options, and yeah, it, it was really, really um amazing to be out of the comfort zone every day because at one point it's being out of your comfort zone is your new comfort zone yeah right and then you're like okay you know no matter what's happening it's just fine <laughs> and yeah and so i got uh, somehow to neka island and on neka island i I couldn't sleep. I, I was meditating. I did my meditation at, in the morning. And then I came up with, with this idea for, for the app to unite the world for a minute a day. And I had no idea how all of this happened, honestly. It just touched my heart so deeply that I couldn't let go of, of this vision. And, this and it just happened. So I was not going there yeah, and this is how you and I actually first connected um, with regards to this app. Um, tell us a little bit about 
uh, the Remind app. And of yeah. course, the show notes will have all the links so everybody can join us on that as well. Yeah, so the Remind app unites the world for a minute a day. And my vision was when I was meditating, I, I could I could see or feel the planet inhale and exhale. I was like, oh my God, it would be so amazing to, to inhale and exhale at the same time with everyone, right? To just connect and to breathe. And also to give the world something back, at least one minute of awareness. Um, I'm so connected to nature. I love nature so much. And I was like, God, we just need to realize we, you know, we are here in this moment. We are nature. We just need to give something back and, um, and also to, to connect on a deeper level. And then I was just going to the breakfast and there were some investors and I just said, you know, I pitched my idea. I was like, you know, I have this amazing idea. Um, we should all breathe together for one minute every day. And I was so inspired. And they were like, how can you make money with that? And I was like, I don't know, but imagine. <laughs> imagine the whole world inhales and exhales at the same time. And yeah, it was just um, similar than snowboarding back then when I was a little child. You know, I could feel it so deeply in my heart. It was just in my body that <laughs> at that moment, I couldn't let go of it. And then I just, yeah, I just did crazy things like um, going to San Francisco um, for one night from Austria. So I was flying to San Francisco for one meeting. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> things like that happened. And um yeah, and at one point I, I met Chris and he was also on this uh, mindfulness journey and we connected and we said, okay, let's let's make this uh, happen. And this is now already one and a half year ago. So it takes a long time <laughs> and I'm not the most patient person, <laughs> but um, this app teaches me to, to stay patient, I guess. And also it's just an amazing, inspiring yeah journey i guess um so and this, just this having app, the vision is amazing this i'm sorry this app is free uh yeah. for anyone who wants to download it it is it is the remind re and then we have a like a slash and then mind um and again i'll, I'll have the link in the show notes um and i i love it i it's it's available on um iphone and android and basically if I'm right, and I've, I've, I've done one or two of these breathing sessions, it's yeah. just a couple of minutes a day. Now for, for me, I'm on Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. And so for me, it's right at noon every single day. There is a different breath worker who will guide the world <laughs> through a minute or two of, of breathing. Um, and it, and it varies as far as what exactly that breath worker wants to do, which I find to be really cool. Um, especially to discover other people out there who are teaching and leading breath work. So I'm really excited about it. And, and by the way, for everybody listening and watching tomorrow, this guy is going to be on it. 
<laughs> so, so make sure to tune in tomorrow. It's noon Eastern time. And I think, what is that? Is it six o'clock? Um, uh, yeah, it's 6 p.m. CT time. European okay. time. Uh, yeah, if you're in the Central European time, it's six o'clock. Um, but it's all around the world for just one moment a day, or you know, one minute or two a day, to breathe together. And uh, and it's a beautiful app. Like, and I, I gotta say, it was worth the wait, Julia, because it really is a beautiful <laughs> app. You know, you, you, you when you you download it, it's. It's all this, you know, the waves. And I don't know if it's Maui or not. It seems like Maui had a real big impact in your life. Yeah. You know, it, it all started at the beginning. I thought I want to have a planet who, because that was my first vision I could see when, when I was in my meditation on the beach. Yeah. I could just see the planet, planet inhaling and exhaling. So I thought I want to have a planet. Um, but then... From that design, we switched to, so nature is important to me. That's why we have nature in the background, but the icon is breathing. So yeah. you can breathe with the icon. And yeah, it's just, um, you know, for me, it's completely new to go this being entrepreneur and stepping into entrepreneurship. Just, okay, I do this now. Um, but I believe when you have like visions and you can feel them in your heart, you always you should just go for it um, right. because there's a reason why you can feel it. And then you just, you should just always just go for it and don't be afraid. And yeah, so we are super excited to, to have you in our app as well. And the beautiful thing, as you said, like every day someone else is leading a session. Wow. And for me, alignment is so important because I experienced in professional sport how difficult it is to stay focused for only one minute yeah and in my olympic run it was maybe 45 seconds and <laughs> i had a mistake <laughs> so and i was training my whole life for that and still i lost the focus just for one moment yeah so it's not easy to, to, to be present for and focus for one minute that's why it's only one minute because i really believe if we focus one minute and then letting go and just staying in presence all together um we can yeah we can make a shift with just alignment yeah and we can align ourselves just yeah through our hearts and on a deeper level well and and conscious breathing is something that like just like if you do mobility training or yoga or exercise or any of these things meditation um you're not doing them all day but they affect you all day so you know uh, uh, just taking a couple minutes to reset to to say okay i'm going to focus on my breathing you're going to see the effects the rest of the day because you've taken the moment maybe you're in a erratic breathing pattern or maybe you're stressed or maybe you know, maybe you're already relaxed and it's just a continuation of that thought. But, but I love the idea of just saying, oh, I've got this reminder to breathe. And it's not a long, you know, drawn out uh, commitment that you're making. You know, it's just a couple of minutes, just a, a couple of minutes a day. You're with a, a person um, who is going to breathe along with you and you get to experience 
a maybe a different breathing technique that you you're maybe not familiar with or just hey guys let's just take some deep breaths together and yeah. and find that place of relaxation and focus so no, i i'm really excited about about the uh the app and again that will be in the uh the notes uh julia uh, I really want to thank you for being on today. This has been, uh, I will say you're my first Olympian gold medalist to be on my, my show and my podcast. So I really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to working with you in, uh, in yeah. breathing sessions. And so if, if anybody misses my breathwork session tomorrow, I'm sure I'll, I'll do another one. Um, yes. and I, I, do you have any advice for, for people who um, have big dreams. I mean, you, you're a person who really, you had a big dream early on in your life. What kind of advice would you give to maybe the seven-year-old girl or boy who has a big dream? Um, to make sure that you protect this dream, like in your heart. <laughs> and when you can feel it, you can always achieve it. And also, what I do a lot, um, also now with, with the app, right? It's, it's, I can feel it in, in my body and I can feel, okay, I'm aligned to this vision and I just love to work on it. And for example, when you breathe only for one minute, you can try to focus and that's difficult as well, right? It's, it's so difficult to stay focused on one, on one vision for one minute. Even though it's your biggest dream, maybe, it's not easy to really stay focused on just this one single thing for one minute. And that's what you can do. Uh, because when you do that, that more often, you will realize, okay, it's so, it's just, it's becoming you. So your vision, your dream is just becoming you. And then you don't have to do anything anymore. You just um, need to make sure that you, yeah. That you, I think fear is, is a good point. Um, always check out your fears. So when you have a big vision, a big dream, make sure you know your fears, which are maybe on the journey to your dream, which are blocking you. So you can say, I had the dream of winning the Olympics, but maybe also I had the fear, I don't know, that I just not making a medal. <laughs> it's just, or being injured or whatever. And then you go into the sphere and then you, you can go deeper and deeper to realize how, how to change it into, into strength. And so it's always a good ad advice um, that you go towards your fears and mm -hmm. just not away from, from them. So go towards your fears, change it, take the energy of the fears and yeah. This brings you so many steps closer to, to your visions. So use, use fear as a guide. If you're afraid of it, it might be good for you. Yeah, I mean, there fears. Sometimes it's good to protect ourselves. So I would not drop in into Alaska somewhere when I, when I can feel fear. Right? That's not a, the place to play around. But I'm, I'm talking about this inner fears and sometimes you, you feel just not confident enough. For example, you have a big dream, but same times you doubt it. You're like, oh, maybe I'm not worth it. Or maybe I, no, I can't do that um, or whatever. And 
when this happens, you just need to go deeper into your doubts, into your fears and realize, okay, where are they coming from? And then you can really change it. When you allow it, when you allow the fear, um, you can change it. And then then it becomes so much more. um, Yeah, you will be really free at one point and say, okay, you know, what's my next biggest fear? It's, it's like an uh, adventure. So it's, it's fun to, to really work and experience fear, inner fears. And also, yeah, you can go deeper with meditation, also breath work. I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of advice with fear and breath work, but you need to allow yourself to just, yeah, go closer and towards the fears and not just pushing them away and say, okay, you know, I'm strong enough. I'm, I am not afraid of anything, <laughs> but that's not the truth. And your body knows it. And yeah, that's, I think, maybe my biggest advice. That's, that's, a, that's really good advice. You know, they say courage is what is on the other side of fear. And, and so oftentimes um, we, we, we do, we allow fear to keep us from reaching our goals. And it's so easy Obviously, there's, there's healthy fear, like, yeah, you don't want to jump out in front of a car, <laughs> but, but when it comes to fear and our goals, you know, I love that. I, I love the idea of, of listening to it, drilling down, finding out what is it, where is that coming from, um, yeah. and, and then moving toward it. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Um, so I, again, guys, one, one of the best ways that I know of to conquer fear, stress, anxiety is breath work. And I just want to say that um, Julia's app, uh, Remind, is, is I'm really looking forward to seeing it continue to grow. And uh, I, I hope, my, my hope is that everybody does download this app and maybe yeah. we can have a world that inhales and exhales together, just like in uh, your meditation in, in your dream. So, um, so again, thanks so much, Julia, for being on Thank the you. podcast. And um, I wish you nothing but the best. And uh, I will look forward to, uh, to uh, breathing along with, I guess, myself tomorrow, because that's who's on the app. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thanks so much again. And, um, and everybody, uh, make sure to, uh, to, if you haven't already done so, uh, check it out. Um, if you haven't joined the Patreon group, take a look at the Patreon link down at the bottom. Uh, my book, uh, A Practical Guide to Breathwork, comes out September 29th. So make sure to, of course, look at that link as well. And, uh, and thanks so much, everybody. Don't forget to go out there and be kind to one another. Oh,